Welcome to Buffy Boyfriends. We're boyfriends watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Sam Stanish. I'm Mike Lawless. Michael Crawford Lawless, <laughs> whatever you want to, whatever name floats your boat. Still working out the intro, but we're here. <laughs> I, I'm Sam. I've seen the I've seen the show many times before. Mike's never seen the show, uh, and we're here to talk about The Harvest, season one, episode two uh, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But Mike, before we get into all that, how the heck you doing? How am I doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's a beautiful fall day here in New York City. Um, I feel like we're firmly in sweater weather, so I feel good about having changed out my wardrobe already. Um, yeah, we we both went on a, a long run this morning. Sort of started the weekend off with a bang. Um, got that out of the way, and you know, it's Halloween weekend, which I feel is very thematically appropriate for for a buffy rewatch podcast i agree and though we have not talked about it on mike yet i felt it very important that we start the pod in october in recognition of the spookiest month of the year and now we're here we're here even though the show premiered in march, march. it is a very october feel yeah uh this ep- this season doesn't have any halloween specific episodes as it did air in the spring part of the television season but it's still involved also i mean semi-related the, the scream movies almost never come out in october only related because i'm watching that this month as well with my roommates uh and you know they do just fine same with hocus pocus there's a long history of things you would think of as halloween or october staples coming out in off times for whatever reason and still they slay that's great well i guess um opens up a new line of inquiry for me does buffy do holiday specific episodes like do they have a halloween theme do they do christmas do they do a hanukkah episode well i'd hate to spoil anything for you other than things i've already spoiled but you know i will say that this was a show that ran for 22 episodes a year uh it back in the 90s and the turn of the century hmm so what does that say read into that as you will (laughs) nothing nothing more for me on that okay well we'll we'll keep an eye out so this aired in the spring so we'll see if we get like a a mother's day episode maybe (laughs) um you know there are mothers on there's one mother at least confirmed on the show i have i mean there's one biological mother on the show i have identified at least two mothers myself in the cast so far okay so we'll see if we get a mother's day episode um other spring holiday maybe a saint patrick we're in march so a saint patrick's day could be coming up she's got to slay a leprechaun or something yeah you know they it's called buffy the vampire slayer but i have to think that they are going to introduce other types of mythological creatures for a seven season run 22 up that's 140 plus episodes can they do all vampires i mean they probably could but we'll find out uh no spoils on what the title of the next episode is just yet but uh you know giles did say incubi succubi everything you ever thought might be lurking under your bed is real or something like that in uh the first episode so implies there's more for you know forces of darkness is all encompassing sure and it seems like vampires are at the top of that hierarchy seeing as they are in the title of the show and buffy seems very preoccupied with vampires and 
seems like all of the weapons she has are specifically related to vampires. Yes, it seems like those are the largest force against her. It also was revealed in this episode that the Slayer was... As long as there's been vampires, there's been the Slayer. Mm. Uh, so they came about at the same time and has she's someone the slayer has been fighting these these specific demons and then also other demons really the the chicken and the egg of the buffy universe Mm. like what came first the vampires or the slayer who knows maybe we'll find out in like a flashback episode (laughs) yeah i mean who knows maybe i do i i would never say do the old well another thing based on other vampire shows vampire teenage shows for previous Slayers, do you think they're all going to be played by Sarah Michelle Gellar? Mm. Like on the Vampire Diaries, for the Vampire Diary fans out there, Nina Dobrev plays all these different doppelgangers from the past. And that that was great. Yeah, it could be an orphan black situation. Uh, we we I, You don't know yet. Uh, Buffy, came, Buffy became the Slayer, it seems like a year ago. So we don't know who was before her or when that even happened. Mm. Well, excited to find out. Me too. Okay, as I said, season one, episode two, The Harvest. Uh, This episode was written by Joss Whedon. Boo! Indeed. Uh, And directed by John T. Kretschmer. He only has one other future directing credit on Buffy, though it is season two, episode three, our potential final episode of the show, if you choose not to continue at that point. Wow, we'll see if John has it in him to keep me engaged. Uh, he did two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, an excellent, incredible television series and program. He did many. He directed many episodes of Charmed and Veronica Mars. And like his most known for on IMDb, when you go to his page, his literal first tile is being the first assistant director on Jurassic Park. Well, I you know, if, if I was the first assistant director on Jurassic Park, that would also be a highlight of my career. Um, great movie, if you've never seen it. As Sam had never seen it until earlier this year. Yes. You should watch it. Jurassic Park holds up because of John's work, I would say, specifically. Yeah, he really kept everything on time. They moved to the next shot exactly when they were supposed to on set. Um, yeah, Jurassic Park, I would say, if you don't have a nostalgic connection to it, it's fine. Yeah. Well, we might continue this discussion off mic mic off i'm going off yeah that's what i meant yeah you got it (laughs) okay um and this episode was film edited by skip skolnick uh i I, i've decided instead of cinematographer every episode as it seemed like we were going to be returning to uh the same person a lot because he did 88 episodes of the show i'm going to do uh below the line spotlight and just choose a choose someone on the crew of the episode to talk about. And I chose Skip for this episode um, because when I was looking at Buffy.Fandom.com, one of the goofs in the episode that they listed was that he's actually credited as film edited. (laughs) E-D-I-T-I-E-D. Nobody caught that. Uh, Even the editor. Yeah, and he he may have been the one putting those cards up there. Uh, This is his only credit on Buffy, but he produced... It's literally over 100 episodes of Angel, and there's only 110 episodes of Angel, um, and he directed a few of them as well. So he made he made an impression on the powers that be at Buffy. 
the powers that be. Are you sure you've never seen these shows before? <laughs> it really is that an episode title? No, but it is a very, uh, very often. If there was a word cloud of all of the scripts of Angel, the powers that be would be like the largest words wow. other than like angel <laughs> is this a safe space to share that i'm a big angel head I've, <laughs> I've seen it many times i think that yeah i mean this would be something that i would have hoped you would have come up already but uh now is as good a time as any yeah i you know i'm a, a big fan of the work of skip school mm-hmm. so I, i've been following his career closely yeah his co-producing really came through uh okay for those who who couldn't pick up on it i i've definitely never seen angel yet yeah that was all uh sarcastic make them up a bit a run a riff and actually a riff is a perfect um transition word for me to move into the imdbdd of the episode imdb deep dive uh i said last episode we'd be talking about the buffy pilot this week on the imdb deep dive and that is true. And Riff is the perfect word to move on with because, as I mentioned, Willow was played by someone else mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. um, pilot. And this actress's name is Riff Regan. Spelled um, the same way, traditionally, as Riff. Like R- Riffing. R-I-F-F okay. space R-E-G-A-N. Um, it is erroneously out of chronological order on her imdb it's the unaired pilot says 2002 but we all know it was 1996 um and like this is one of her final roles really after she didn't get chosen uh she she did an episode of dr quinn medicine woman la doctors and she did a tv movie called the theory of everything but she it seems is most known for 72 episodes of the TV series Sisters, which I've never heard of, as young Georgie. And there's about, uh, there's like almost double the amount of uh, episodes than she is in. And one of the lead characters is named Georgie. So it seems like this show was heavy on flashbacks. I've literally never heard of it. Um, So that was her big thing before. Good for Riff. I'm sorry that she wasn't able to continue her career um, with with the Buffy role. It, it was probably a big break and then she got fired. Do we know why she was replaced? I did, I did not look into that. Um, never thought about it. I Well, have you seen the pilot? I have watched okay. it. Yes. Did, did her performance leave an impression on you? I mean, I definitely remembered that it wasn't Alison Hannigan. Okay. But otherwise, I mean, I, I, I watched it like 10 years ago, so I don't fully recall what all. I mean, I remember the script is very similar to the pilot. They just reshot. Hmm. most of it that's tough so it was kind of her like they needed to reshoot everything around her yeah else everything else was working firing on all cylinders um pretty much pretty much that's tough um and but i also think that uh, angel was not in the pilot and the other thing the other cast switch out is that principal flutie was played by steven tobolowski heard of him um character beloved character actor yeah i i wasn't sure i was i had a, i had the photo pulled up in case you didn't know him just by the name because i definitely wouldn't have i remember he was so i don't really know much about him but i do remember he was in like the first season of the mindy project and then they wrote him out really quickly he was like mindy's boss and mm. then he only appeared in like two episodes yes i'm seeing yeah he did a couple at the beginning of the show and then one much later in the show um and yeah he's he's been on glee he's one day at a time 
you know, also the Goldbergs. Literally, this man's fine for not having been Principal Flutie, I think. Yeah, it's he's got a very long Wikipedia page, lots of credits. So maybe he decided... I have too much work, and I don't want to do this anymore. True. I wonder what he was doing in 1997. Let's see. Looks like he was the voice on a show called Life with Louie for two episodes. Hmm. Um, he did 17 episodes of Mr. Rhodes in 1997. Oh. He was working a lot. He was on the Drew Carey show. Like, yeah, he he had plenty of. Work. He was fine. He he didn't need to be. No. Okay. Yeah. He was. He's he's doing he's doing swell. Okay. Episode two. Um, I, I felt it was very clear that it was the second part of a premiere. Yeah, they it really opened up with exactly where the first episode left off. No, and maybe maybe this is because we were watching it on Hulu or whatever, but there was no like previously on. I don't think right that I remember. They jumped sort of like right in. Can't recall a previously on. That's true, it, but there was that uh, you know the opening where. Giles is saying into every generation mm. or actually I don't think it's Giles it's a voiceover guy yeah is that before every episode like sort of setting the sea and letting you know what the it has what been the before, world is. it has been before both the episodes so far okay interesting to me now that like knowing that it was originally aired as a two-part premiere like that there's no way that intro was put in the middle of the episode when they first aired it. And there's no way they re-aired the theme song as we yeah, saw. Probably not. Uh, but they've repackaged it. Yes, for, for the for the binge era. True. Or just, uh, I mean, it's definitely on the DVDs in that way. Okay. Just, they, I don't know. Because cause like, like we were saying, it's just like, it really felt like having now seen both, but like a week apart. The first episode is very act one and the first part of act two of a movie. And then this episode is like the rest of act two and the end of a movie. Yeah, I can see that. Well, because it all takes place in like one day too or yeah. something like that. Buffy's first day of high school. Two nights. New school. Yeah. New high school. Um, yeah. Like you said, we come back in. Luke is about to finish off Buffy who is trapped in a stone coffin. But she repels him with the silver cross that a mysterious stranger had given her earlier that evening. Yeah, this is where the a, a recap before the episode began would have been helpful because I didn't remember that she got that cross from the mysterious mm. stranger until we're reading the recap right now. I just thought that was one of her little things she had gotcha. in her bag of tricks. And I'm sure she does have crosses, but this silver cross was the one that who we learn is Angel uh in this episode um <laughs> gave her when they first met and he was like i didn't say i was your friend true he was being mysterious last episode and spoiler alert he's still being weird and mysterious in this one weird mysterious and useless he completely is... useless have you ever seen that sailor moon meme where tuxedo mask is like my work here is done and sailor moon goes you didn't do anything and tuxedo like masks like Hmm. It disappears i've probably seen it but it hasn't left an impression on me to it is be that able to recall angel in this premiere is that shot for shot he does almost nothing to help out yeah it was like the notes from the studio were like we need a hot guy to be brooding in the background somewhere yeah. so work that in and they did they said we're gonna put a hot guy brooding in the background and that is all he's gonna do he's gonna have no 
bearing on the plot. Well, I guess he gave this cross, but we didn't even remember that he had the cross. He didn't give any help the whole episode. Yeah. He informed Buffy that there was a harvest coming in the previous episode, but like the vampires use that terminology later. So like she would have found out about it anyway. Yeah. And it seems like Giles is kind of read up on what the harvest is. So. <laughs> Giles knows stuff, but yeah. he, he wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't sure it was, he didn't know it was coming until Buffy mentioned that Angel had said it, but it, Angel so far, not impressing me. No, not, I, I don't see how he got a spinoff show just yet. That's fair uh she okay so buffy escapes the mausoleum and she saves her friends xander and willow and uh like because this is this is a completion of like we finally saw her slay one vampire at the Mm -hmm. end of last episode and now she's like truly just like she's kicking ass yeah without even thinking about it really in this episode she's just like these guys boom they're dead i feel in the first episode we got a tease of her her fighting abilities and her gymnastics and whatever powers you get with the slayer but she really put them to full use in these first five minutes definitely resolution of the climax from the previous episode not like the start of a new exactly uh okay she saves them however darla has already taken jesse and she and luke now inform the master about buffy's unusual fighting abilities and knowledge of the supernatural and is suspected that she may be a new slayer uh yeah so like this is in this scene they're like down underground Mm -hmm. still not well lit no they haven't invented lights in 1997 yet no and as someone trying to take screenshots and do Buffy out of context stuff, the, anytime they're outside at night or really any dark scene, it is dreadful. It's bad. Like this could this could use some remastering. I think there is a Buffy remaster out there, um, but it's done in the because this was shot in four by three. They did it by like I, recropping all of the footage because when they used to film things on 4x3 they would actually film a larger box than 4x3 mm, but, they on, cut it down. but like only use like the center of the camera and so when like Friends and Buffy are remastered they like put them into a more like landscape mode mm. or whatever it's called uh, 9x16 or whatever that is um, and like a lot of like production mishaps are like uh, mishaps, quote unquote, because they didn't think that they it would be on camera are like available to the viewing audience now because there's just like random dudes standing right off camera just because they did it all like automatically or whatever without thinking about that kind of stuff. Mm, interesting film history. And I've never watched those versions. Okay, that could be like a fun activity or experiment for next season hopefully do they have those on the dvds are they remastered where are these remasters that's a great question because they're not on hulu clearly no and my dvds are from like the original dvd collection so they're not on there either i just know that they it was remastered because i remember reading about it on tumblr okay um where we get all our our or insight and that is where i that is where i got get a lot of my insight and information vis-a-vis this show uh so in this scene the the master gives a little gives the audience a little bit more about his backstory he says that he has been underground for three score years 60 okay uh, yeah and just like luke is luke is convinced she's a slayer because 
she fought him and yet lives. They don't necessarily know she's a slayer yet, but she's very strong and it's sort of like, okay, well, what else could it be? Yeah, kind of sexist on Luke's end. He's like, this girl should not have been able to beat me and live. Um, So not into that. Luke is falling down in my character rankings. Well, he's fallen down pretty far as he's no longer a character at the end of this episode. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I think we can spoil the episode we're talking about. Um. Well, yes, but the the example they give for why she may be a slayer, well, actually, this proves your point, actually, that he is being sexist, because they say, like, it hasn't happened in hundreds of years that somebody fought Luke and lived. Mm. The only last time it happened was he came on me while he, I was sleeping, uh, and that's why this other person hundreds of years ago lived, even though Luke was fighting him. Mm, that's tough. Tough for Luke. So if a woman does it, she has to be supernaturally gifted. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I guess we'll we'll see how that that goes for Luke later this episode. Can yeah. he can he beat her in the rematch? You I, kind of spoiled it for the audience. <laughs> it's not I think it's okay to talk about the episode we're talking about. But maybe people are like watching the episode alongside the podcast. Like they're going scene by scene. Mm. They're they're watching the scene and then they're listening to us sort of give context on the scene if you're doing that let us know that that would be an interesting way to listen to this podcast it would and i have recorded one audio track for a movie derek and i for bitter jurors when we were covering avatar after we did avatar the last airbender we did a audio track for the bad the last airbender movie mm. uh still available on the bitter jurors podcast feed and it was very very fun we've never done anything like it again but it was, it was, it's very, I've never, I've obviously never listened to myself talk about the movie, but it was a fun thing to do. So I'm not against doing that for an episode or two here and there, who knows? Or maybe the Buffy movie. The pilot, the unaired pilot. Or the pilot, good yeah. idea. We'll put it on the Patreon. Yeah, true. <laughs> we discussed today that we can quit our jobs after we get one $10,000 per month subscriber. So if you're out there and you're interested, let us know. <laughs> Reach out please um okay yeah so then the vampires decide the darla was supposed to bring the master food mm-hmm. but because darla has already bit jesse pretty did, fucked up on her end like yeah, this like, guy her master has not has been underground for 60 years we see has he fed in 60 years it seems like he's sort of been just like underground sleeping he needs he needs a he needs blood he needs to feed i agree he needs to feed i think that they have brought him food in the past, but, like, why did she do that? She's fine. Like, she can go back out and get more dudes. True. Is she, like, a young vampire? Is she, like, sort of impulsive? At least on, like, True Blood. Okay, keep bringing in new other vampire yeah, TV shows. I think shows. that's, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, on True Blood, all the point. new vampires, they 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 drain all the bodies. They can't control themselves. They They haven't learned how to sort of manipulate their food sources yet. Um, yeah. And maybe that's Darla. Because in the pilot opening scene, we see her just kill this guy. Um, and now and she... And then shove him in a locker. True. She she shoved him in a... She took him to the, the girl's locker room and shoved him in a locker there. So she did a little bit of hiding. Um, and yeah, now she she's willfully disobeying her master. Yeah. She could be young. I don't think we've gotten hints at her true age just yet uh yeah so they say instead of a snack you're now going to be bait we're going to leave you in the hallway uh for just to to bring buffy and 
whoever comes with her to our lair. Yeah. And she gets kind of a smack. She gets a smackdown from the master. I can't remember exactly what he says, but it was pretty dismissive. Yeah. Well, he's pissed. He yeah. wanted to eat. You. He's like, I'm like your little dog. You feed me scraps. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a good uh, impression of the master. <laughs> should be the master for Halloween next year. Uh, and he's or like tonight. I mean, you could, there's still time. When he delivers that line, he's like for no reason. He's holding his hands out like this in front of him. Like you can't see um, because podcasts are not a visual right. medium. But Sam's holding his arms out. I'm like, sure I'll post like a screen something. grab of it. Um, are you recording yourself while you do this? Well, of the master doing it. Oh, okay. Or you could do like a master and then a picture of you doing it too mm, yeah like with a my... side by side <laughs> well i was i mean as as i mentioned earlier i had a come to jesus moment and remembered that i could put together a more relevant halloween costume for tonight than i was previously going to do and in my mental state where i was like coming up with a new idea i was trying to remember if i had a bald cap and i don't but i would have loved to be the master well, next, I mean, we'll still be doing this next year, probably, maybe, probably. Wow. I'm getting a lot of promising hints that Mike is into the show. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, we'll see if the master's still around in a year of recording. Yeah. What is your, what is your take on that after seeing the first episode? Do you think he is our full series villain? I don't think so. He seems kind of nondescript, doesn't really have any personality traits beyond being the main vampire right now he seems like a season one villain and i feel Mm. like buffy is gonna defeat him at the end of the season and then she'll be like oh my slaying days are over i beat the the biggest vampire and then giles is gonna be like well actually uh we have six more seasons of this girl so (laughs) there's more coming we'll we'll find out Uh, Okay, so in the library, Giles and Buffy reveal to Xander and Willow the supernatural world of vampires, demons, and slayers, and that Buffy is the latest slayer to endow powers chosen to fight the supernatural threats. You may notice that the uh, summary of this episode is a lot more dense, I would say, textually than the previous one. Episode one was using Buffy.fandom.com. This one, I remembered that the Buffy fandom is virile and would uh wikipedia would likely have a very well done description of what happened are you saying that the buffy fandom would like remove things from the episode they didn't like on the recap or like what well like we said uh, like the buffy fandom one is not well done no there were scenes missing and actually for the i would say that the harvest one was even worse like the tense would change in the middle of the sentence um just with different verbs like it was bad Mm. um but but obviously i feel like wikipedia has a bit higher of a thought process for that kind of thing and i just imagine there are more eyes on this document so i would trust it to be a little more intensive yeah i mean wikipedia is you know famously known as the the end-all be-all of of information for the human race i mean if you need you need to know something. You need to go to the source, the the primary source. You go to Wikipedia. Teachers say not to use it as a source, and I say, I'm looking at those footnotes, baby. Show me a teacher that hasn't used Wikipedia. Period. T- any teachers out there listening, if you want to um, reveal your, your secrets, um, tell me about the last time you opened Wikipedia. Um, our comments are open. Slay. Um 
Okay, yeah. So she's like, they're talk, they're like letting them know vampires exist, and Xander's like, Xander and Willow are still like, oh my god, vampires. And Buffy's like, yeah, well, they exist. Get used to it. They're like asking questions about it. Mm. Willow's like, shouldn't we go to the police? And Buffy says, even if they show up, they wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah, she ate that. Willow's kind of revealing herself to be a. Is she a Blue Lives Matter girly? She might be because I think she also said in the opening of this episode, "We gotta go get the police." <laughs> like Ugh. she's constantly chasing down the cops. That's tough, and it seems like Buffy is maybe gonna take her on a socialist journey throughout so. the series, being like the the police aren't gonna do anything. That ha- that is the messaging of the show to my memory, and Buffy's messaging currently. So I I think we're in a strong start here. Love it. Uh. I was. I, it doesn't matter. Trying to come up with a joke on the fly didn't actually connect, so that's fine. Um, Buffy says it's revealed that vampires cannot fly, but they can drive. Uh, that and... was funny. That was like a little nice aside. Was it Buffy who made that? Where they were like, "Where? How did they get around? How did they get yeah. away so fast?" She was like, and then they just boom or something. And then Xander says, "They can fly. They can drive." Uh, and snappy dialogue back and forth witty repartee always that was something missing in this episode we felt like it was a lot more action than character dialogue true first the first half of the pilot introduced you to the characters yeah the second half of the pilot introduced you to the action exactly that is that is exactly how i feel and like i was saying like it would work all together this episode by itself is still good but a, a clear number two for me so far in the watch i think we agree on that great um this is also okay we're gonna call it out uh they like this is when they are trying to figure out how luke got into the mausoleum and buffy's like he just like came out of nowhere and then she says wait but he didn't come out of nowhere and she remembers she was facing the doorway when he came up behind her and she says there must be an interest in the mausoleum. God, I'm so mentally challenged. True, she did say that, and it was a uh, an interesting line of dialogue. Yeah, just wanted to flag it. Uh, it's, it's classic faggot flag it. Uh, not not loving that line of dialogue from uh, our star here. Yeah, when they remastered, do you think in the remastered episodes they have updated the dialogue to be? Um, more politically correct i guess i hope so but i would doubt it you but don't think sarah michelle geller is back in the studio doing voiceover if it was me making these decisions we'd be adring the entire show what's adr adr is i don't remember what the words are for adr but it's when actors go back into a studio and re-record lines of dialogue and audio that like don't sound great on the mm. original recording and the, but then they like recut it in Sort of like when they say, oh, the movie's going back to, like, reshoot something or whatever. Yeah. That's what they mean. Part of reshoots. It's like if you're ever watching something and a character's facing away from the camera, like, the back of their head is to the camera, and then they say something, but clearly their mouth isn't moving. Mm. That's ADR. Or they're just, I mean, they could just be using audio from a different cut, but, like, that's the concept of ADR. Uh, And, yeah, I would have her say something like, damn, I can't believe I didn't notice that. (laughs) Something along those lines. Because it's already not a joke, so it doesn't have to be a joke. True. Um, we're going to have to update the the writer of the episode 
Joss Whedon, Sam Stanish. I, you know, this would be a great first credit, the remaster <laughs> of Buffy the Vampire Slayer season one, episode two, The Harvest. That would that be that would be front and center on your IMDb. <laughs> yeah, it would for now at least. It would. This, this would just be the start. It would be Buffy the Vampire Slayer season one episode two, the Harvest remaster writer. Uh, then it would be the Circus post production assistant. Then it would be uh, Alex Murdoch death deception power associate producer. And those would be all my credits for now. I actually do have more credits, but. It's fine. I mean, we're only on episode two of Buffy. You might be rewriting a few more lines over the the series. That's true, though. I would imagine that it would just stay only one tile on Buffy the Vampire Slayer on IMDb. Oh know? yeah, but then when they like click, like see all credits. Mm, yeah, it'd be like every forty four episode. episodes. <laughs> uh, okay, this is when we get sort of like more hints into Willow and Xander's like skill set their yeah, strengths the, and weaknesses their things like willow says i'm not interested in going to um the vampire's lair right now but <laughs> i can hack into the city's like schematics and figure out where like the power line is under the cemetery uh so she pulls up like what the city looks like and she does it illegally by like hacking into their mainframe very okay. 90s hacker dialogue yeah. well i mean Sort of a Jurassic Park callback. I mean, this is maybe Skip. What's his name? Skip's influence yeah. because Jurassic Park famously features a, a hacking scene from a girly at the end of the movie. She yeah, hacks right. into the computer system. Um, for those of you who have who have seen Jurassic Park, you know what I'm talking about. And for those of you who have seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer: The Harvest, you you also know what I'm talking about. It's the same scene. There's just a girly hacking away. It's the exact same. I don't, there's nothing else to it. Uh, and this Xander at the same time is like, okay, well, I'm not letting you go alone. Jesse's my friend. I'm coming with you. Very uh, masculine energy. Like, I gotta, I gotta go save my friend. Like, this girl can't take on the vampires by herself. I, you know, I'm sort of like, <laughs> I'm getting a call from a telemarketer. I'm gonna not pick that up. Um, I think. I felt I have a lot of criticisms of Xander through the first Seven 80 seasons. minutes of uh, the television show. But this was I, I, I liked this. He was like, okay. this is my friend. I want to help. You're like, I don't want you to go alone. I might be slandering Xander when he doesn't deserve it. He deserves slandering. OK. Uh, and slander Xander. That could be excellent. Hashtag. Sland, hashtag slander xander um maybe that'll be one of the um like running bits at the end of the, <laughs> the episode I, that's a really good i'm gonna write that down um we need to remember to slander xander every episode uh or if you know just if it comes up yeah he might have a good episode where he doesn't do anything worthy of slander yeah we'll, we'll see he, he probably will uh okay so buffy leaves and she's she's heading out um on her way out the door she runs into principal flutie mm-hmm. and uh, she's like getting ready to leave through the pearly gates of sunnydale high and she is she looks great she she's got her great. sunglasses on she's i mean she's ready to run some errands she looks like a girl ready to cut class <laughs> and go do something else and for that i thank her uh principal flutie comes up and he says that 
hey, like you better not be cutting class on your second day of high school at the new school after you got kicked out of your old one. And Buffy quickly is like, Mr. Giles asked me to do it. Uh, he needs me to go pick up a book for him and I have a free period. So in Principal Flutie says, that may be how they do things in England. They have that royal family and all sorts of problems. Wow. So Mr. Flutie, also a socialist. Yeah. Per- perhaps. Socialist king, Mr. He's Flutie. Like, he's clearly uh, interested in everyone having access to a good education. He's like, I see this girl. She had trouble at her last school. And now she's trying to leave. Like, I need to take her under my wing. I agree. I bet if there were any hungry students out there, he would feed them. And if any students were looking for a job, he would employ them. Absolutely. I'm sure he's written countless letters of recommendation. Mm. Jumped on the phone. It doesn't sound like he will be for Buffy, though. No, she she's not making a good first or second impression, I would say. Not at all. Uh, he says... He locks the gate. It's like, why wasn't... Should this have been locked before? I don't know. I'm not going to comment on whether schools should be locked. But it's like, if you don't... if Why wouldn't... If he already wants to lock it, why would he just like leave it unlocked? Maybe it's only Buffy that is not allowed to leave campus. Mm. Like, because she... Maybe she's on like a probationary period. Right. I don't, could you leave your high school when you had a free period? Senior year, we were allowed okay. to depart. The same. Also, only in senior year. So she's not a senior yet, is she? No, she's a sophomore. Okay, so yeah, can't leave can't leave this beautiful campus with lots of open space outside. Yeah. And it's like it was a very flimsy excuse to begin with. Sure. She didn't really think that one through. She could have said, My mom's sick along those lines. Uh needs me at the gallery. Yeah, not book. Um, but she she he closes the gate and then Buffy leaps into the air over top of the gate. Yeah. Well, the well, this is where the knowing who the cinematographer was could come in handy because the shot of this is just like of her feet when she's jumping over <laughs> the gate. So I was like, was that the principal that just jumped over the gate? Like, are they signaling that he could be of the supernatural as well? Yeah. But no, it was just Buffy. It was her. Um, but the principal could still be a supernatural being. We just don't know yet. He very well could be. No, yeah. It, it is a very it is a badly done effect though. There's not enough time in the shot where there's no feet on the ground. It's like she gets off the screen in front and then somebody lands in the back. It's not enough time for her to have like flipped over top. Yeah. Do you think which one do you think was Sarah Michelle Geller? Do you think she well, was the one who leaped or is she the one who landed? And well, which she, one was the double? Well, she lands Full body visible, so okay. I'm pretty sure that's Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, and the cinematographer for this episode, uh, let's see, by Michael Gershman, who did the pilot. Okay, or the first episode. So they're they are the ones with the camera, right? Like taking that, getting that shot. They're yeah, like directing the. I mean, they might not be the literal person operating the camera, but they are the like person setting the okay. shot, the frame. Well. I would say he didn't do a good job on that one. <laughs> I mean, I think it's more direction at this point because they could have been like, wait, Sarah, don't jump onto the ground yet. Well, he didn't catch it when he was watching back. He was like, there is not enough time. He didn't see that. Yeah. Could have been a film editing thing too where they just paused the screen for a second. True. And, you know, there were a lot of fixes that they chose not to use here. 
Um, okay, yeah. So Buffy leaves. Xander and Willow are in the hallway. There's another scene where Xander's like, I mean, they're just like implying he's gonna go after her. Willow's like, okay, yeah, like th- th- we've got a secret. We can't tell anybody that Buffy's off doing that thing. And he says, yeah, you're right. Like you gotta get the class. And then she says, you mean we gotta get the class? And he's like, yeah, yeah, right, right. And then he like leaves. Yeah. So he's. You know, clearly not listening to what Buffy asked him to do. He he didn't hear her. He he pretended like he heard her, and he chose not to listen. True, brave stupidity uh, on Xander's end. Yeah. She might know a little more than him. I think maybe, but he we have to remember he just met this girl yesterday, and he's known Jesse for question mark years. Who knows? Jesse could also be a new student. True, we don't know. Yeah, because we know Xander and Willow knew each other when they were five, but we don't know a whole lot about Jesse's backstory. Jesse could have started the school last week. Yeah. Uh, and they're, these are just the people who bring in the newbies. <laughs> uh, okay, so Buffy arrives up back at the mausoleum, and she the gate into like the further tunnel system is locked. And this is when Angel comes up behind her, and she's like, do you got a key? Yeah, this is where we learn we we learn he's not just a mysterious stranger. He's a mysterious stranger named Angel. Yes. Um very on theme for this show about, you know, supernatural creatures, vampires, etc. Kind of on the nose to name someone Angel. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, he's kind of useless. As we said at the top of the episode, Angel's not really doing much here. This is a He looks better. At least like fashion-wise. He's not wearing what he was last episode it's not as bad it's still i mean it's a very similar look but it's it looks maybe it just looks better in the dark of the mausoleum than you know but i well this was in the middle of the day yeah but it was i mean it was in the they were in the shadows Mm. in the mausoleum i guess i remember the scene being more well lit Mm. than before uh and so like this scene this was annoying took up a lot of time even i it was like two minutes long but really 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 hated the interactions buffy is just kind of like i've got a friend down there like do you know what it's like to have a friend and then angel doesn't answer and she's like i didn't know i wasn't supposed to stump you uh and just like angels being like dark and mysterious as he is wont to do through the first two episodes and he what does he say he's like they don't like me to uh, get it going down there and buffy says why not? And then he says, they don't like me. It's just like, okay, can you say something substantial? No, they need to save that for his like big origin story episode whenever that may come. And hmm. then we'll, we'll learn more about him. I feel like he's being set up to be like the annoying brooding guy that shows up when she's gonna do something heroic. And we'll give her a little piece of information she didn't have and then we'll dip out of the scene. And that's exactly what happens here. He doesn't have a key, so she busts open the gate, and he's like, well, they're going to hear you coming now. It's like, okay, well... If you had a key, like... And then she... What what was it? Oh, yeah, he's like, after you get in there, go left instead of right, or something like that. It's like, she would eventually find it. He did nothing to help. Yeah, it's like, she's heading down into, like, a huge underground crypt tunnel system, like, She's going to need more than just one direction at the beginning. Yeah. If you're going to be helpful, give her a map or something. Or offer to come with her. If you're so uh, hell-bent on following her around, showing up when she's going to go after the vampires, do something useful. 
Yeah. He doesn't go after her. Or he doesn't go with her, I mean. And then on her way out, she says, are you going to wish me luck? And then he just looks at her. Doesn't answer. He did that like three times in the scene where she asked him a question and just didn't respond. And then like after she's out of earshot, she says, here he goes, good luck. Under his breath, it's just like, what was the point of that? Are we supposed to, what are we supposed to read into this scene? He doesn't want to wish her luck to her face. It's like he's only wishing her luck to make him feel better at this point because she can't hear him. Yeah. Do, do you think she has, like, supernatural hearing abilities? Maybe. But then I feel... <laughs> that would have been, like, a, a backhanded comp... Like, not co- it's not a compliment, but, like, a... No, if I, if I had supernatural hearing powers and I was like, wish me luck, and nobody said anything, and then I left, went down the stairs, through the busted door, and then I heard, like, in the back of my superpowered hearing, good luck. Yeah. I would just be more pissed. I'd be like, oh, did you say something? <laughs> uh yeah bad scene bad bad vibes from angel hate angel uh xander catches up with buffy in the tunnels and he's just like yeah i came and she says great go home and he's like no yeah so well how did xander so maybe these tunnels are not as complicated as i'm thinking in my mind because like if xander can find buffy Maybe there's just like one. Maybe all you do. Maybe you just need one direction. Turn left, and that'll lead you to the lair. Maybe but how did Angel you... gave Xander the directions too? Oh yeah. Do you? How do you think that scene went? Do you think that's on the cutting room floor? I the Xander it... Angel scene. I think the dialogue is the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "I don't even remember what they all talked about other than the things we already said." Uh, I yeah. I, I'm sure they shot that in in an extended edition of the pilot. They would include the scene where Angel says, "I just saw Buffy." She went that way. And then when Xander leaves the scene, he says under his breath, go left. <laughs> yeah, Xander says, are you going to wish me luck? <laughs> really good scene. Uh, yeah. Xander's down in the underground now. We cut to computer class. Fun scene in the middle of all the seriousness. Cordelia and Harmony are working on a coding homework project or something yeah so i didn't learn coding in my computer classes um that's seems like it could have been useful for the the current economy we have now yeah i agree i i did take like intro to computer science or something in high school and then all of my other friends went to major in computer science and i didn't and every year i'm just kind of like i was stupid (laughs) uh but you know cordelia it's never too late i have a friend who taught himself how to code during the pandemic and not and completely changed careers as a computer scientist now and we have a friend whose face is on my shirt currently who is also learning how to code okay so it seems like we could learn how to code if we wanted to yeah that's the real issue where i have no interest yeah it's like i wish i sometimes i'm like you know that scene in the matrix where he just like downloads that information from Mm -hmm. the computer and suddenly knows how to to fight and speak all these different languages like why can't why haven't we as a society created that machine yet i agree i would love to just can someone code that for me download some information actually that's kind of a a separate joss whedon project uh called dollhouse starring eliza dushku uh where they're all people who have had their minds erased uh in like for like for five years they go and live in this like commune as these like uh blank slate people 
And then like at, at the end of their time, they're going to get a bunch of money. But during the time, very rich people can rent them out to be people, whoever they want them to be, like either assassins or like a purse, like a, a, a date or like any of these kinds of things. Um, and they like get their like information programmed into their head. Sounds cool. I mean, I would sign up to do that to learn some new skills. Yeah, I don't think they get to keep the skills. I think that after oh. the end, they like have their original personality put back. Got it. But like, think of the resumes they've got. They're like, I have experience <laughs> in all of these different skills and could relearn them if need be. True. I'd be like, what's this five year gap on your resume? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Willow and Willow and the girlies, Cordelia and Harmony. Harmony not at the bronze last night, so Cordelia is catching her up on what all happened. She recounts the encounter with Buffy in the back hallway where Buffy attacked her with a stick. And, you know, doing a little editorializing, Cordelia is like, and she's like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. I don't know. I was there and I I remember Buffy saying that. I believe Cordelia when she talks in this way. Uh, There's some other guy who hops around the corner of the computer, long hair. I don't believe he was named, but he's like, what, dude? Whoa. Reacting to Cordelia. Yeah, the, the typical 90s high school story character yeah and then so the cordelia and harmony are finishing up their project and they see willows in the computer lab too and they say cordelia's like what's she working on and she's got like a picture <laughs> a page pulled up called like earthquakes or something <laughs> and harmony says she's doing something else that was a good aside yeah she, it seems like harmony didn't want to really give cordelia too much information maybe she was like I don't, we don't need to bother Willow right now. All right, now. for privacy. Yeah. Uh, and so this is, Buffy, Cordelia is like, yeah, she's a freak. Like, Buffy sucks. I can't believe I was going to be friends with her for one second. And Willow, I feel like because of Buffy's influence, is willing to stand up to Cordelia in this moment. And it's just kind of like, she's not a freak. She's actually really cool. Like, I like her. Don't talk, like that. She's like defending her. Yeah. Whereas yesterday we just saw her like completely fold over. And just, like, bow to Cordelia. Or not bow, but, like, sort of run away. Yeah, it seems like her her encounter with the vampires and her narrow escape has, has really given her a new lease on life. A new attitude. And she's like, fuck you, Cordelia. I'm not going to take your shit anymore. Seize the moment, because tomorrow you might be dead. And, yeah, she. this is the tomorrow from the previous episode when Buffy said that. And she could have been dead. She might have been dead. It's true. Uh, and so on her way out, well, no, cause they're in there. They're well, cause I think this is when it comes in. So Willow defends Buffy and Cordelia is like, who gave you permission to exist or something? Mm. Is that when that line was? Probably. Yeah. That was a good Cordelia line. That made <laughs> us both laugh. I agree. Cordelia is so funny. <laughs> I love it. when they just have, a, I love when a show has a character that they put all of the mean lines into or just like every single thing they say is horrible and they're treating everyone else terribly. That becomes my favorite character instantly. Yeah. She's great. We I need agree. more, more scenes with Cordelia. I would say. Cosine. A hundred percent. So this is when, like, Willow, like, has her information on the earthquake. She's, like, leaving the computer lab. Cordelia and Harmony are, like, okay, like, how do we save it? Like, we're in 1997. We don't know how computers work. They're coding and they don't know how to save. Something along those lines. And And Willow says, oh, hit deliver. Oh. Cordelia says deliver. She hits the Dell key. Obviously, 2022, we're, like, that means delete, girl. Uh, And she hits it and it 
all goes away. Seemingly, they have to restart. That's tough. That's a good will. I feel like Willow got the the upper hand of that interaction. Yeah, I'm I'm not impressed with either of the summaries I'm reading off of for this episode or that I have read off of. They say Willow exacts revenge by convincing the computer illiterate Cordelia to press the Dell key. I feel like whoever wrote that was probably a man yeah. and is negging Cordelia. She wrote There's, a whole program. Yeah, the tech the text is not the it is not there in the text that she is computer illiterate. I am more computer illiterate than Cordelia. Absolutely. They finished the project. They were looking for a way to be done with it. They did what it was supposed to do. And then the other thing is like, Willow exacted extreme nerd revenge by blah, blah, blah. It's like, did Joss Whedon write this episode summary on Wikipedia? (laughs) Computer illiterate. Like, come on. She's clearly not. So there's no fake for that. Yeah. This is like in the first episode where Cordelia... Did I say something about the mean girl also being smart? Like, mean Mm -hmm. girls can be smart? Yeah. Yeah. This mean girl is smart. So let's stop reducing her to her insults. I'm with you. Uh, Back in the sewer system, Buffy and Xander find Jesse. And they, like, he's strapped into, like, a chain. He's got, like, something around his leg. Buffy instantly breaks it apart. And Xander says, Buffy's a superhero. Uh, and they, like, run around the hallways. There's vampires around every corner. The vampires could be moving a little faster. In this yeah, scene. it seems like they're more, like, just trying to corner Buffy somewhere. Like, they're tra- they're blocking off her, her all of her exits. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the tunnel system, after you go left, is actually more complicated <laughs> than they made it seem. That's fair. And obviously the vampires know that Jesse's a vampire, too, already. Oh, spoiler. It's coming up. It's right in the next <laughs> one second. But like, just seemed like they could have caught up a little quicker. Yeah. Or like been watching the room where Jesse was in to be like, okay, now they've gone in. So he's about to show the vampire face and we'll be waiting on the exit yeah. to stop them. But they weren't. They were not. And so they... But we've seen like the, the vampires, they don't seem very smart. You know, Darla... Clearly not listening to what the master is telling her to do. Yeah. And this can't have been the plan for what Jesse was supposed to do. He Like, they get into the room, they close the door, and then Jesse reveals that he's actually also a vampire. Why? Like, or, like just do, do it as a surprise. Already be attacking Buffy. With, like, there's no need to, like, I'm actually a vampire, Xander. It's like, Xander's not doing it. Xander can't do anything at all. Don't focus on him. Just, like, kill Buffy. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, he is a hours-old vampire, yeah. so he may not uh, really know what he's doing yet. Yeah. I would... I would. I mean, if Buffy is out there beating up hundreds of years-old vampires, I don't know that Jesse really stands a chance. So, yeah, where? why is this plan for Jesse to go up against Buffy? You know, it could be just to, like, slow her down while she's, like, on her way out, but... It felt like there was a little they could have done in a second pass of the strategy on this encounter. She's in your lair. There's like there were there are like ten of ten vampires, and they let her escape somehow. Yeah, they did. If I was the master, I'd be actually the master is pretty pissed about what happened. Uh, so but Xander and Buffy like get out through the vent system underground and these like oh yeah it's like an electric oh yeah tunnel. yeah they go up through the oh yeah very Jurassic Park after the hacking scene. They like go up into the vents mm. and crawl through the vents, and then they 
go through a window or something into the daylight. Yeah, they come up through like a manhole at some like electrical plant or yeah, something. Yeah, a manhole to the roof. No, it's like at it's like at like a like a big factory or something. They're like outside. I don't think it's a roof. I thought it was a rooftop. Hey, maybe it is. Uh and like they are Buffy's like crawling out of the hole. I'll find out if it was a roof. And like a, a one last vampire hand comes up, Xander pulls her out, and the vampire hand starts burning in the sunlight. Yeah. So these vampires can't walk in the daylight. Clearly not. That's what we're that's what we learned in this scene. But they can be awake during the daylight. Yeah. Clearly awake, they just can't be in the sun. Yeah. Uh vampire, I mean the master's very upset about what happened. He pokes one of his dude's eyes out. Uh, the vampire Colin. Yeah, the vampire Colin. Uh, and then Luke drinks the master's blood, turning Luke into the vessel. Yeah, very gay scene. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Is the master gay? I mean, I I don't know how he identifies himself, but I would say he and pretty much all vampires are, are some form of queer. They're, they're alive for hundreds of years living together in an underground layer. They have all fucked each other. I agree with this. You know, whether or not they identify as queer, I'm sure over a span of centuries they've had a queer experience. And in this episode, it seemed very clear that the Master and Luke have a little more going on. Yeah, they, they've hooked up recently in a vampire's life. I hope in so. the last 60 years. Yeah, I at mean, least. the master's been underground for 60 years. I mean, and Luke is just, you know, drinking his blood straight from the source. That's gay. Uh, yeah, so he becomes the vessel for the harvest. Uh, at Back at the library, Giles explains what he and Willow have discovered, because Buffy and Xander have come back. Uh, an ancient vampire, the master, arrived in Sunnydale with his minions in 1937. He intended to open the Hellmouth, which is below Sunnydale, a portal between this reality and another demonic reality. But he was swallowed by an unexpected earthquake and is now trapped in a church that is buried underground. Tough. Uh, yeah. Tough for the master. Somehow, the experience of trying to open the Hellmouth created a bubble like a cork in the church between the church and the demon dimension and so now the master is trapped in this tiny little space yeah i would say the episode did not explain that very well Mm -hmm. compared to this recap that is on the wikipedia page i agree i my first time through buffy the vampire slayer it did not occur to me that the master was like trapped or like I maybe I knew he was trapped, but it was un- like they, there's a there was a there's a clear way to explain what happened, uh, but they didn't. They didn't. Maybe in the remaster they can they can reshoot this. Scene. Yeah, the master could be like, remember sixty years ago that maybe they could even like animate a flashback Whoa. of what happened. That could have been helpful. I would appreciate that. Because the closest thing we really got to is behind Giles on this whiteboard, there's like a schematic, ba- very badly drawn, of a Hellmouth. It, it looks very bad. It, like, you didn't even notice it. Yeah, no recollection, made no impression whatsoever. Yeah, uh, it's badly done, but that that is what occurred. And 
Tonight is he's trying to open the Hellmouth, and if he does, demons will invade the Earth. Tonight is a once in a century opportunity called the Harvest, in which by choosing one of his minions to drink the Master's blood and marking him with the ritual symbol, the Vampire King will draw strength from each of his minions' victims until he is powerful enough to finally break free from his confinement and resume what he has started decades ago. <laughs> it's like so Wikipedia doing too much <laughs> on the opposite end of Giles. But you know that was that's helpful because between what was not explained in the episode and what has been now over explained <laughs> in the Wikipedia summary. I feel like I have a better sense of what the plot was all moving towards here. Id, ego, super ego. Exactly. So it seems like the problem is the master needs a lot of blood, lots of minions to escape. So I can see why he was pissed at Darla for drinking some of this blood earlier in the episode. Yes. So I think that, or does he need the harvest to escape? I think the harvest, the vessel, and the harvest are what like if he if there's enough people that the vessel drinks for the master, the master will be able to escape. But like the people Darla was bringing, I think are just food. Okay, because the the harvest is this once in a century event where this is possible. Even though he's only been down there for sixty years. It's like this has never been attempted before or something. It's like, what? And now it's the harvest for some reason. Yeah. So it seems like they've been sort of sitting around for 60 years waiting for this one night. Been sort of putting it all on one opportunity to escape. Seems like not... With 60 years of sitting around and thinking, they might have come up with more escape opportunities, maybe? I would hope so. Um, But... You know, I have an inkling that we're going to see some more escape opportunities throughout the season in the series. Yeah, they're gonna they're they're gonna see that this has failed. Oh, spoiler! I spoiled now. Um, and they're gonna come up with something new. Yeah, I mean they'll have to. I don't think we're gonna wait a hundred more years. I don't think Buffy's gonna wait a hundred more years. No. Uh, no. But yeah, I, but it, I mean, this is funny in, in a sort of like our text communicating with the original text way because after giles's explanation he like draws the symbol of the vessel on the whiteboard and buffy just goes okay so i slay a guy who has that on his forehead and we're good (laughs) it's like that's all we really need to know exactly and i mean another uh problem with the lighting in the show i think like the the master like puts the symbol quotes symbol on luke's forehead when he's drinking the blood earlier you can't i cannot really see that luke has something on his forehead i agree when the when the master originally did it it was like they he like did it with his nail like it was like blood but by the time luke gets to the bronze later it's like literally just like it's barely visible like you're saying yeah uh yeah so they're sort of like oh my god where could this where do you think that they're gonna go to get all these people (laughs) obviously it's the bronze like it's the one set they've built besides the school indeed and the the lair yes so it's probably one of those (laughs) one of those sets baby if it's not happening at the bronze or the library it ain't happening uh so they head they're like okay well buffy says i gotta head home first and they go for what and she goes supplies and so like she heads home she's going home we're getting we're getting a home scene yeah joyce in the building buffy's getting ready uh to go out and slay as she is wont to do kind of my catchphrase of the episode uh and and joyce is kind of like hey like 
is it happening again? I got a call from your principal that you missed classes. I really don't want you to like, I don't want this. I, I want the best for you kind yeah. of thing. But Cons- she's a, Concerned parent. Yes. Extremely concerned. Buffy says, that's fine. But like, I've got to go. I promise like this is not a big deal. And Joy says, no. All the tapes say that I should get used to saying no. Yeah, so she she's setting boundaries. She's she's trying to say this is a fresh start, and we're not doing the same the same shit you did in your last town, your last school, Buffy. And she's like, I understand if you want to sulk upstairs, and I won't hold it against you. But if you want to come hang out with me, come hang out with me. Yeah, and then I mean, very funny. Joyce says, "I know it's the end of the world. Everything is life or death when you're a 16 year old girl." Kind of. stating the thesis of the show literally almost word for word what i was about to say i was gonna say kind of the tagline of the show wow we're our minds are, are really on point i today. know people can really we're tell connected. We're, we're really dating um so yeah joyce is just kind of like well i'm never gonna check on you i'm going downstairs <laughs> uh hopefully you come join me for dinner and buffy says I mean, she kind of pulls an angel, doesn't say anything, and then pulls stuff off the to- off the top of her, like big chest she has, and underneath there's garlic and steaks and holy water. There's a and, big cross and a huge thing of wafers or whatever oh, those yeah, things are called. The communion wafers. Communion wafers. Down beneath, she like, doesn't grab any of those. No, no wafers. She got. She puts a steak down in her leather jacket. And she brings crosses and holy water, I think, are the things that she brings with her. Yeah, no no wafers, no garlic. No. And she hops right out the open window. <laughs> yeah, the window was already open. Um, Buffy was not going out the front door, Joyce. <laughs> the, this, the, the summary has a parenthetical for this part. The top layer of which is filled with stereotypical girly items. So it's not to arouse suspicion. <laughs> Girlies! Joss uh, Sweden really wrote this for the episode girlies. and the Wikipedia summary with all of this <laughs> anti-women uh, language. True. She throws the bag out the window in front of her. She heads out onto the roof. And she's gone. Yeah. I feel like every every uh, sneak out scene in any show, you're going out the roof. You're going out the, the top floor bedroom onto the roof. Mm-hmm. and no one's ever going to see you or hear what's happening yeah i'm surprised there wasn't a scene where we see joyce in the kitchen and we see through the window behind her like right as joyce turns around buffy like falls to the ground yeah oh and didn't in the conversation with joyce wasn't she like you didn't even come home last night yeah she's like i didn't hear you and buffy says i was really quiet or something <laughs> like that <laughs> See, lots of red flags going up in Joyce's mind. Yeah, she's like, I've seen these signs before. They were happening up until two days ago back in <laughs> L.A. Uh, and so, yeah. And then this act ends with iconic to me moment um, where, like, the vampires are, like, coming up to the bronze. And they're just... They, something about it is just the song that's playing at the same time uh, is like, How are you feeling? <laughs> Go away. something like that wow. great gandalf voice there at the yeah. end <laughs> thank you um and there's a it's a really bad they did not film it in this way but they like have a scene of the vampires approaching and then they cut to a cropped image of the same shot of darla like twirling around on her way to the bronze like she's excited to kill a bunch of people but it looks so grainy because they've just 
magnified the shot. Yeah, it was an artistic choice. And I can see what they were going for. Um, it didn't work, yeah. is what we're saying. Prior to the vampires arriving. Skip and John and Michael, all of them. It, did, it didn't connect. There here. were a lot of mistakes in this decision. Prior to the vampires arriving, we get a scene. We get scenes of Jesse and Cordelia at the bronze. Cordelia mm. is like talking about her mom's medical issues and she's just like nobody cool has epstein bar anymore and like she's just like talking 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 and she's like the only you can't date a guy our age you have to date a senior boy you have to like that they're the they're men they're people we should actually be trying to date and then she also says something like i when i go shopping i don't buy the most expensive thing because it's the most expensive it's because it costs more and you know i i get where she's coming from earlier this week i watched my super sweet 16 Mm. for the first time in 15 years probably and that is a line for line reenactment of what every person on that show said in the opening scene they're always going shopping with their dad and their dad is like they're at American Eagle. They're they're somewhere at the mall. Um, R.I.P. to the American Mall. Um, and they're just like, Daddy, I need these. I need this new dress. I need need these new jeans. And then you get a shot of the from behind the cashier's mm-hmm. shoulder to mm-hmm. like sort of see the screen. How oh much my God! How costs? much are they spending? They just spent three thousand dollars at American Eagle. Um, <laughs> and that's what I imagine cordelia's life to look like a little bit yeah it is tough that i do think a really good episode of this show would have been cordelia's sweet 16 are you saying we don't get that well she's already 16 fuck so i mean she could have a sweet would love she could have a sweet 17 but it does feel like that would have been i'm sorry to everybody who listens to this and hears the traffic out on myrtle avenue yeah someone (laughs) on a dirt bike (laughs) i'm sure it's fine um well, on the show, on the episodes we were watching earlier this week, there was an episode that was so on Super Sweet 21, which we skipped because we were like, that's not the show we're watching right now. On Sweet 16, they did a Sweet 21. Yeah. Oh. We didn't watch it. Um, so we don't what know. What is this, Gay Next? Huh? Like Next, when they would do a gay episode. Oh, and they were all 21? No, I'm just making a joke because it's like off the proven pattern. Just making a homophobic joke because I'm gay. Oh, got it. Um, you're allowed to. Um, yes, it was like that, and we didn't watch it. Just like nobody ever watched the gay next episodes, <laughs> besides us. I guess that's something like what I was saying. Um, so Je- Jesse approaches Cordelia after a dance. They're just kind of like, Jess- Jesse has a whole new persona now. Yeah, she's like, get away from me. She's still thinking this is the Jesse of yesterday. Yeah. I don't want to talk to this loser. Right. And he He tells her to shut up, and she unfortunately seems into that yeah she goes okay just one dance or something like that yeah it's like i want more for cordelia in the scene same and you can really tell that a misogynist wrote this episode uh sorry if joss whedon no not sorry if joss whedon is listening to this episode i meant everything i said wow brave of you and i co-sign what you just said Uh, okay so the vampires finally arrive they lock all the doors. They open the blinds. We are coming over. Close the blinds. Oh, yeah, they close the blinds. Yeah, sorry. I'm. Let's pause. I think we're going to pause for a little bit. 
Okay, the traffic, the alarm has stopped, so we're back. And what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the vampires have arrived. I made a Scissor Sisters reference. And then they start killing people. Like, the they bring the bouncer up on stage. The, you know, I was, as a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I was shocked that in both of these episodes, black actors had lines. True. But they did the black actor in the first episode die? She did not. Okay. So we've got one living black character so far. Yes. That's uh, not good. No, it is not. We don't like those. And, and you know, the statistics are going to get worse on that. Uh, just, you know, they, you know, it's something terrible about the show. It's literally all white people. Uh, literally, there's a, there's a secondary character in season seven that I'm thinking of who is a long running character. And there's a character, there's a character, in, there's, there are like, there are very few, but there's, it's few and far between when it's non-white folks on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a very bad, very bad decision that they made. Not into that. I agree. Uh, so yeah, they start, the, Luke has the symbol, whether or not you see it on screen and they, they start bringing people up. They feed on one guy. The master says, I need more. <laughs> He's really giving in this scene. He's like, this is my big scene and I'm going to act. True. Capital Ma- A act. Mark Metcalf. Uh, I, I feel like I was, when I was looking up stuff about this episode, I saw that he was a known actor, but I don't actually know who he is. Um, but they pull Cordelia up on stage. Oh, well, first, before they do that, isn't Jesse like ready to eat, ready to kill? And yeah. someone, is it Darla maybe? So she's got, she's been chastised already by the master. And she's like, no, these are all for the master. Luke is going to drain them all. And he's like, I don't get to kill anyone or something like that. So he seems like, it seems like being turned into a vampire was not everything he was hoping it would be yeah i mean he does have extended life now you know he's well he's dead i know but you know ideally he's forever young and just it seems like this was the wrong time to be turned into a vampire like you could if, if the vampires in the in your crew weren't also focused on this specific event like i'm sure you could just go out and about killing whoever but like it seems like they like needed minions so they turned him into a minion rather than turning him for his personality or good looks or whatever they wanted out of him it was more like they did they got what they wanted out of him which was a minion yeah and like they he failed their first task really like he was supposed to help them capture buffy and he didn't even do that i would say that's on them like they should have known this hours old vampire is not gonna be able to stop the slayer but this second this is really where he he got the first pass and this is his second opportunity hanging out at the bronze yeah how does he how does he do i've googled mark mountain uh he was in national lampoons i just looked it up national lampoons animal house he is the central antagonist douglas c niedermeyer i've seen that movie once over 10 years ago i i've seen some national lampoons doesn't it's not for me they pull cordelia up on stage they, uh, yeah the luke has been he's they they've got all the the bronze patrons in a line mm-hmm. to be drained and luke has been draining them and it's cordelia's turn yes at the same time 
Buffy, Xander, Willow, and Giles have arrived at the bronze. The door's locked. How are they going to get in? Buffy goes, like, gets on top of a dumpster and climbs up onto the roof, I think. Yeah, and she's like, I'll find my own way in. Yeah. Like, you guys just get everyone out. And then they go to the back door, and that's also locked, I think. And so Buffy climbs down. She's just, she, you know, says something. She gets their attention right as Cordelia is about to be killed. Yeah, she's, she's like, up on the catwalk. She's like, you looking for me or something? <laughs> yeah. Something sassy. Sort of like, I didn't think you'd get the party started without me. I, it's something along those lines. I don't, I'm not sure what the line is. And she flips down off of the catwalk onto the pool table, grabs a pool cue. A vampire tries to attack her. She shoves the pool cue into the vampire. And like the pool cue sticks into him without her keeping holding it and like wobbles a little before falling backwards and we hear the noise like he's disappeared he's disappeared he's but like it seems clear to me that they have they're like hitting the end of their graphics budget at this point yeah i mean it's a two a two-part pilot they True. they probably do you think they got the budget for one episode or two two or like some sort of like bulk package maybe mm. not too full but they i feel they knew they were doing two hours so i'm sure that they were more than they would for a regular pilot yeah well one one vampire down and however many to go for buffy actually thinking it through this is this was not the pilot so they knew that they were going to do 12 episodes so they got a 12 episode order and so this probably was two full episode budgets okay well this as we said this was more action heavy than the first episode so they probably blew their whole budget on that uh scene from earlier in the episode where buffy jumped over the Hmm. gate yeah and the like moving in front of the master as he tried to like reach through the force field that's keeping him in the bubble that yeah that ate a lot of the cgi (laughs) the like uh and just (laughs) this i just love i think this was in the previous episode but all of the shots where they're transitioning between a vampire's human face and a vampire's vampire face just always make me laugh in these early episodes like just like so like they're just cross dissolving like there's no cgi it's just like there was a human face we paused we reset everything (laughs) and now you're in a vampire face and we're like a vampire now it's kind of like uh an even worse animorphs cover yeah but they are Clearly, they are committing to this vampire face. They're yeah. saying, like, this is the face that you're getting for the whole series. So This and, is and, what vampires look like. And we are going to do it for every vampire, regardless of how annoying it is for our props people and our, our cinematographers and prosthetics. our prosthetics and makeup folks. They, We are going to film a scene, and then we're going to cut, and then we're going to have them put the prosthetics on. And you're going to stay until that's done fraterday they fight buffy and luke are yeah she like does it she does a flip up on a gymnastic slip up onto the stage i i believe this i don't think it's spoiling much to say this might be the end of the gymnastic portion of the show damn so they got they got a body double for the pilot Mm -hmm. and the the two episode pilot and then they probably realized this is a lot of insurance for gymnastics trucks. Yeah, I don't. Nothing's really sticking out in my mind where Buffy's like holding herself up aloft on a big pipe, like she did in the previous episode, or like flipping down off of things, like she did. I think that goes away. Um, 
Because it, 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 and I'm glad it did. It just makes me laugh when I see it. Like it looks, and she didn't need to be flipping around like this. And so she fights Luke. She, her, and him are like combat mode. She picks up something like the metal part of a drum set and like flings it off at another vampire who gets mm, beheaded and yeah, kills that one was, that way. That was good. Um, at the same time, Xander, Willow, and Giles have gotten through the locked door somehow. Did Buffy let them in, or did they just like sort of? <laughs> I think they got through like i don't really i think that i think that we just saw them entering okay they're in they're in they're the building in. Z- xander says guys this way like he's talking to like the people who are cowering in fear no vampires watching them they don't have a way out i guess and well so, the slayer was there like they yeah, gotta, focus on, gotta buffy. focus on buffy um xander and willow rescue a bunch of people they get them outside and then xander and jesse have a confrontation Xander and Jesse are like they're fighting. Jesse's yeah. like Xander says, Jesse, bro, you're oh, yeah. my dude. Yeah, Xander, he he's new to the vampire world, yeah. so he he still thinks that his old friend Jesse is still in there. Even though Giles has told him he's not that is a demon wearing your friend's face who has his memories. Even when Jesse tells him to his face, I am not the old Jesse. <laughs> I was I'm not that loser anymore. Yeah. He's kind of down on himself. Yeah. Buffy. The and... best thing that ever happened to me, I think, is what he says. And I think that that makes sense. You know, speaking as the demon who seemingly didn't have a body before, probably is the best thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. Uh, Buffy and Luke are fighting. They're one step ahead of us. Buffy flings something. She Luke's like, and Buffy says, you forgot about one thing sunlight or dawn or something sunrise yeah sunrise and she flings some metal thing through the window and you're like it's already sunrise what time is it yeah that you, me you me said mike that. not and not another character on the show and i'm like right. damn what is joyce gonna think now buffy's out again all night two nights yeah. in a row or you're kind of like damn this show is so stupid and illogical there's no way it's already sunrise or whatever yeah. or like this is long fight or yeah who knows what you're thinking maybe you're thinking badly written maybe you're just like what's going on but like the, the, a light a light does stream through the broken window but it is revealed that it's a lamp light and buffy says uh it's in about eight hours dumbass and then she like stakes him true so what we've learned here is that i am as smart as luke that's exactly how i would uh frame that i i just think that it is exemplary of the show being like the show is very smart in that way where they know what the audience is going to think and they're generally like a step ahead of the people watching in my experience and i appreciate that as a first-time watcher i i like when i can't guess where things are going and i and i didn't guess this i guessed wrong get used to it hun another bit at the end when was mike wrong in the episode when was mike the the prototypical audience member right First time viewer moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is sort of marks the, oh no, our big dude. Like, this was our whole plan. He's dead. Like, the master's not going to get free anymore. We got to go. Vampire yeah. moment. Even and, though there's, like, still 10 of them. They could kill Buffy. Who knows? Yeah. And I think we, we should take a moment to to say RIP to a queer character. Um, it's tough. Luke, he may have been a villain, but he was one of us. Right, gay people gave you you bad gays. Don't you listen to that podcast? Yeah, he was one of the bad gays of history. Maybe yeah. we're gonna get an episode of about Luke. <laughs> uh, on everyone's running now. Everyone's running out the door. 
Xander says, Jesse, I'm not going to stake you, bro. And he, But he's like holding the stake up. Somebody runs into Jesse who falls onto Xander's stake. Yeah. So it's sort like, of Xander inadvertently makes his first slay. Yes. And first non-Buffy slay of the side of good. Yeah. So good good for Xander. He He's showing himself to be a fine member of the team. If somebody falls on his stake... At the same time, Darla is attacking someone. Giles, like, oh, I think. Uh, or, oh, yeah. He knocks Giles to the ground and is about to bite him. And Willow says, get off of him. And like flings holy water on Darla a little more intentionally with the attacking. Uh, and that's burning her. And she like runs off. Yeah, the she throws it right in her face. Um, yeah. And it seems like it hurt. Seems painful. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting a little more rules of what happens. Like, sunlight burns, but doesn't kill people. We, learn, like, immediately kill the vampire, as we learned. And the holy water didn't immediately turn her into dust. It just burned her. We're getting, you know, we're figuring out what all the various things do to vampires. Yeah. And the cross that she was wearing earlier at the beginning. Yeah. Was it just, like, the special cross that she got from Angel? Or, like, any cross? Any religious iconography they say no to so far it seems that crosses in general burn or the vampires are afraid of them because also when buffy and xander were down in the sewer system xander didn't have any weaponry so buffy handed him a cross and when Mm. jesse revealed himself xander like pulled up the cross and jesse like was cowering away from it got it sort of like us when we see a cross yeah we're bad gays uh okay so that yeah they've sort of won everything's fine now uh there's two separate wrapping things up scenes right in a row in this episode it was making me laugh like they xander and it's the same four people xander giles willow and buffy are sitting in the bronze they're like wow we did it and then we cut to the next day or monday there's another another scene at the bronze oh what oh right you're right you're right so all of the vampires, they're like they've seen Luke get killed. They're out of there. They're like, this is not working. Darla's got holy water on her face. Jesse has been staked. They're out of there. They 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 can't handle the Slayer. Um, and then we see who who's hanging out in the the alleyway doing nothing behind a dumpster. It's Angel. He's just sort of hanging out, watching Buffy slay. Yeah, he's just like, she did it. Yeah, I mean, the Wikipedia summary says, Angel watches as the now leaderless vampires flee from the bronze. He is clearly impressed by Buffy's success. Yeah. Being useless, not helping. Fuck Angel. Fuck Angel. Actually, this discussion has reminded me of another line of his from the mausoleum scene where he's like, I knew you'd figure out this entrance sooner or later. Actually, I figured it would be a little bit sooner. You're doing nothing. Yeah. Joss wrote that one for sure. <laughs> well, he wrote all of them. Uh, so, yeah. Then we get to Sunnydale. I would. It seems Monday, even though this is the next morning. I think this was a Friday night. No cover, Cordelia said. There was actually a lot of goofs on the timing of the, what day this was because when they talk about the runs, Cordelia says, no cover charge. But then there's clearly a dude taking cash at the front to come into the bronze when they go. Uh, and then now it's... They say the next morning, but they're at school, so it has to be Monday. The next school morning. (laughs) Right. Um, And, like, Cordelia is talking about how it was a gang war 
a lot of people don't remember what happened or like they're sort of piecing things together making it make sense for themselves and just like cordelia says and buffy knew the gang members like you like uh something and then i think harmony's like oh i wish i was there <laughs> uh and so giles is just sort of like well we'll be ready for next time and sandra's like next time and giles says of course like we'll be there it's not just vampires like there's all sorts of things that are gonna happen here we're on a hellmouth center of mystical convergence like all sorts of bad stuff is going on yeah xander he it seems like he's hoping the show does not get picked up to series at this point and then the the teens are just kind of like uh, are we gonna go shopping next or like that kind of stuff they're just like yeah whatever we'll do it when it happens and giles says the earth is doomed true so giles doesn't have much faith in the teens even though they they've slayed a lot and what did giles do this episode get attacked by darla and need to be saved by one of the teenagers true i mean he knew about the harvest but i would say that and he's supposed to be, like, training Buffy. Wouldn't you think you would have a little less contempt for the person to save the world? You would think that. I think that Buffy is a lot different than he was expecting of the Slayer. Wow. Well, he's just going to have to build a bridge and get over it. I agree. I Yeah. I mean, it, I do think of the four, I mean, Xander probably did less help in this episode. Uh, Buffy obviously did the most. I feel like it was, like, Buffy, Willow, Giles, Xander of helpfulness yeah i mean xander didn't really kill jesse it was the fleeing town members so and he disregarded buffy's directions and advice yeah yeah i mean there was i feel like if he had not gone down into the sewer system she would have been fine (laughs) felt like a lot of the issues they came across were in part because she had to look out for him too true sorry xander Maybe, no, we're not sorry. Maybe this could be a segment where we like rank who was the most helpful in achieving the goal yeah. of the episode. Are we doing the whole line. gang or the um, main characters? Does Cordelia fall into? I think it the can go in gang? and out. Sort of where when we talk about it, we'll be like, "Well, this person did more than this," and it could be like a secondary character. Or like we could talk about it in those ways. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I guess I would say. Cordelia probably doesn't fit into the ranking for this episode. Yeah. She's kind she kind of played the damsel in distress. She role. was she's on she's unaware yeah. at this point. So I would rank it like you said, Buffy, Willow, Giles, the person who knocked Jesse into the stage, <laughs> and then Xander. <laughs> exactly. Okay, great. Yeah, that was uh episode 2, The Harvest. What would you, you think? The Harvest, good. As we said, not as good as the first episode, but you know, made, made me want to watch episode 3. See what See what demonic presence is going to show up. Slay. Okay. On to our segments. Fashion moment. Uh, this is our segment of the show where we pay homage to the uh, aesthetic decisions of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Primarily the clothing choices, but I've, I've decided to open this up. Sort of like if there's something we see in like a room or like a poster or anything along those lines. Sort of like any aesthetic decision of the episode. Great. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, there was a beautiful, like, headband Buffy was wearing in the final scene. That was, like, red. Uh, she looked incredible in it. That was my... She, I No notes. Excellent stuff. Love it. Great. I mean, she seems to... She seems to know what works for her, uh, clothing-wise. Mm-hmm. She she looks good in everything. Um, 
my fashion moment. So he didn't do much this episode. In fact, he he was the least helpful um, slaying vampires wise. But Xander was wearing this like fun sort of psychedelic button down shirt through most of the episode. It had these like neon green mushrooms on it. Um, and as as someone who famously enjoys a printed button down shirt, uh, <laughs> I could see myself wearing something like that if I was dressing for a nineties night. Mm-hmm. It was or or a twenty twenty two night. Any any time, yeah, yeah. It was uh, very noticeable. Yeah, he was. It was green mushroom button down, like you said. True. I mean, he was wearing it when they were down in the sewers, which I thought was like a an interesting style choice for him. It's like if I'm gonna go do something, I guess I don't know if I would call it athletic, but I'm going to try to slay vampires. I would probably wear like a t shirt or some something. <laughs> Maybe leggings, sure. Uh, not a button-down shirt. Yeah, I agree. I, it feels but, like you know, you might want to get into some athleisure. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that we'll be thinking a lot about the clothing that these characters choose to wear to go uh, out slaying. Yeah, I mean they show. they must know a good dry cleaner in some <laughs> get the blood out. Uh, yeah, so that was fashion moment. Now on to biggest slay. Mike, what was the moment of the episode that made you go slay? You know, when Buffy whipped that uh, drum, the tin, symbol, the symbol like a frisbee, and lopped a vampire's head off. <laughs> that was a big slay, the biggest slay, I would say. Gotcha. For me, I'm really trying hard not to just have Cordelia's lines be my biggest slay for every single episode. It's hard, it, and I will. I'll hold off on choosing it again. Uh, so I'm going with the scene where Willow is in the computer lab. The the deliver delete thing is very you know it's funny, really quick on her feet thinking about it. And I like that she's sort of like growing from her episode one character, sort of like she's willing to stand up to Cordelia, and it's just like go off, girl, slay. Yeah, she's on the like the hero's journey. Um, she's on the slayer's journey, mm. and she was yeah, and she actively attacked a vampire, unlike certain other members of the team yeah the xander slander slander xander slander xander yes uh i think we've done that enough um (laughs) throughout the entire episode but maybe next next week we'll save it for the the bits at the end could be could be um so we kind of already talked episode ranking i mean we don't know if we'll do this every episode but we thought that this was worse than the first episode definitely uh so final segment Movie of the week. We saw a lot of movies this week. Uh, just wanted to bring them up and talk about them. We saw all. T- I mean, together we saw Tar and Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition and Woman King since our previous recording. True, and you you've seen more than that. Yes, right? I watched. I think Scream three and four between then and now. Wow. So you have sort of a bigger pool to choose from for movie of the week. Sure. Um, you know, Fellowship of the Ring, a classic. Some may know one of my favorite movies of all time, but I've seen it and I know, I know what I'm going to expect. I know what to expect. I know what I'm going to get. So yeah, that'll get best movie of the week as an asterisk with an asterisk next Mm -hmm. to it. But Tar was very good. Tar was great. Nice. I I like Tar. Tar was incredible. So, so good. Great film. I think if I were to... If, if if I had to pick from these six movies I watched this week, or five, whatever, to put on right now to watch again, I would probably choose The Woman King, even though we saw it last night. I think that it was 
the most entertaining. Scream 4, right under The Woman King in this decision-making. And it's like, both those films were great, very watchable, very entertaining. Go off, girls. Into it. Um, before, before I do the synopsis of the next episode... In case people want to not listen to us, but I, you know, we're we're being spoiler free. Uh, Mike, do you have anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? Uh, listen to the podcast, download it, or or follow. What do you what What's best for podcast metrics? How do we get uh, a Patreon? Rate and review. Well, actually, Patreon doesn't really matter with rate and review, but we'd love it if you rated and review us on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing feedback. Like, I would love it if people tweeted at us and or, or, like, texted me at all about the show. Love hearing people are listening to the show. We know there's a bunch of people out there listening. Please talk to us. Yeah. I, I love hearing from people so much. Yeah. Give us give us your, your good feedback. Give us, um, if you have critical feedback, make sure that you give it to us in a pleasing manner. Because <laughs> um, this is just fun for us. Yeah. Uh, follow me at BitterDurrsPod on Instagram and Twitter. Follow me at Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. BitterDur is obviously the podcast I do every week talking about Survivor. Uh, I think that's everything. And so, yeah, are you ready to hear the synopsis of the next episode? Please. Very quickly. I cut out several sentences of this that I felt were too spoilery. I kind of cut it down to the bare minimum just to give you a, a taste. Whoa. Okay. When students start dropping out of cheerleading tryouts, Buffy and her posse suspect a powerful witch is in their midst. Meanwhile, Xander finally musters up the nerve to ask Buffy out on a date. Episode title, The Witch. Okay, so it seems like we're sort of answering an yeah. episode I added at the top here. Are there going to be more supernatural beings? And seems like maybe yes, or maybe they're just going to go on a proverbial witch hunt and there won't be any witches could you're right it could it could be, be like it could be misleading almost like when they went on a witch oh. hunt but none of them were and witches. it's all sort of just like misunderstanding a happenstance exactly okay yeah we'll see cheerleading tryouts i mean sounds like a high school tv show and i, I like that indeed okay um slay slay